15-minute fantasy football podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter whose turkey bowl team could score on the Dallas Cowboys defense. (laughs) Uh, That's true. I'm the quarterback for that team. And Anthony, you are the star receiver. Well, I'm your your Jason Witten. I'm your star tight end. I'll, I'll go with that. There you go. We are at Tuesday. It's waiver wire time in the league. So we are, of course, going to do our uh, waiver wire episode heading into week five. Hope you guys enjoyed our 15 games in 15 minutes preview. We're going to keep that up every week. Look for that to be released on Apple Podcasts as well as YouTube every Saturday. Again, this episode will be released every Tuesday to give you guys a sense of the schedule going forward. Uh, if you're not following us yet on Instagram at FCK podcast, Anthony went live at 12 o'clock, gave us a great update on all the injury news for the week. Um, it'll be really good for you guys as you're setting those lineups going into the day. And you'll have the opportunity to make comments and ask questions. And Anthony will uh, be able to answer those live on air. And don't forget on Thursday, Paul likes to do a preview of the Thursday night game. So this way you're getting that preview of even a 16th game, and he posts that on Instagram as well. So this week, slightly different format to our waiver wire episode. Uh, The first thing we're going to do, quick rundown with our takeaways from the week. The second, it's trade season. So we now have a good sense of who's for real and who's not. We're going to give our buy low list as as well as one sell high candidate. You guys should be starting to look at big trades for long-term success in your league. Make those playoffs. Lastly, we're, of course, going to do our top five waiver wire ads of the week. So, without further ado, here's our takeaways from this weekend, and we're going to do a quick rundown. Lamar had a nice bounce-back week, looking at him playing pretty well moving forward. Uh, Antonio Gibson is is starting to approach starter status, and he's becoming a real weapon, even in the passing game for them. Josh Kelly was an absolute mess even after Eckler went down, but Herbert lit it up. Brady threw for five touchdowns. Scotty Miller... Five for 83 and a touchdown. Deshaun Watson, now without Coach O'Brien, we'll see what he does. But this weekend, he finally put up a good game. If you were patient, 300 yards and two scores. Dalvin was sensational once again. And Justin Jefferson showed us he's the real deal now. Second straight 100-yard game. Matt Patricia continues to mess around. Peterson continues to have three yards a carry, while Swift and Kerryon Johnson have averaged more and look better. I don't understand what's going on there. Beckham owners were finally rewarded, but Chubb owners, unfortunately, got hit with the injury bug. He's out four to six weeks. Props to Anthony for calling Dalton Schultz. He had another big game, and he's definitely worth an ad in in most of your leagues if you're looking for a tight end or just looking to stream. As Anthony said uh, in our preview, anybody who's playing the Dallas Cowboys defense is fair game. And with as well as Dak Prescott's throwing the ball, I frankly want anybody on the Cowboys right now. Wentz looks strong with a bounce back week. And Kittle was an absolute monster with 185 yards and a touchdown. This brings me to my coach rant of the week. There are certain coaches like Jeff Fisher or Bill O'Brien, who just got fired, that for whatever reason, they come into their job and they go, this is my system. This is how I'm doing things. I don't care what the other team is doing. And then there are successful head coaches like Bill Belichick, for example, who adapt their strategy every single week based upon their opponent that you're playing, that they're playing. And what we saw this week from Cliff Kingsbury is that he is saying, 
nope, I don't care who I'm playing. I am unleashing my air raid offense. So you get stuck facing the Carolina Panthers, who have an okay pass rush and a pretty good secondary, really, but are the worst rushing defense in the entire league for two years now. And they did not, from the get-go, pound the rock on the ground with Kenyon Drake or with Chase Edmonds. And I just don't understand why Cliff Kingsbury would not have watched the film from every previous week. He's got a good offensive line that can run zone blocking. They can run man blocking. They can get the ball to Kenyon Drake up the middle, out in space, and he didn't do it. So for all you Kenyon Drake owners, I am sorry. I am now relegating him to RB3 flex status. And if I have somebody better than him, I'm not playing him anymore. It's not a talent issue. He's there. But until Cliff Kingsbury shows me he can alter his game plan, no more for me. All right, Anthony, on to our trading section of the week. And we're going to start with our one each sell high candidate, a player that we think has been overachieving thus far. And if he's on your team, you could get really good value, a really good return on your investment long-term if you let him go today. My main super serious one is, believe it or not, Russell Wilson. Okay. Uh, interesting. So uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me explain why. I understand he is the best real-life quarterback in the world. And he's also the best fantasy player in the world right now. But he's now gone from absolutely no hype to ludicrous levels of hype. Now, I'm not saying you need to cut bait and trade him right now. But at this very moment, Russell Wilson's value is never going to be higher than it is right now. So while you can take advantage of that ludicrous value, it's worth it to listen to offers or even make a few, especially if you're not 3-0. and You might be able to get some extra pieces. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, especially if – and let me qualify this further because I don't disagree with you, Anthony. As you said on our episode last week, you should consider no one on your roster untradeable especially for the right options. So if, if you're sitting at one and three, zero oh and four right now, and you have Russell Wilson on your team, you should absolutely consider dealing him for multiple pieces that will uh, mathematically help you gain more points per various positions. So I think that's a fair assessment, Anthony. So I had two nominees for my sell high candidate. The first is Mike Evans, who, once Chris Godwin comes back, he's going to be, he's going to be relegated to the, the safety valve, throw it up option again, because again, he doesn't uh, cerebrally understand what Tampa Bay is trying to do. And Godwin's going to get the targets again. But my number one sell high candidate is Noah Fant. And it's not a very sexy name yet, but Noah Fant is the number three tight end. So if Noah Fant is on your team, he has no quarterback whether it's Driscoll or Brett Rippon, and he's got to sustain what he did in the first few games throughout the course of the year. And if you can get maybe a TJ Hawkinson or a Tyler Higby or a, or a Hayden Hurst, and then another piece in exchange for Noah Fant, 
I think you're going to win that trade long-term. Again, it's about fantasy football is all about making the playoffs. You make a good point, Paul. The quarterback thing, especially with that, there's just no way he can sustain the numbers he's got. So definitely worth doing. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking for tight ends, even some very good teams that might have really deep benches and some good players that can contribute to your roster. Mm -hmm. All right, Ant, our buy low list. We're going to go through our top three players that uh, are not playing up to their – that we think are not playing up to their potential and that we are making trade offers for uh, this week. I may as well come out with my big guns and say Deshaun Watson – Free at last. He's finally free of the scourge that is Bill O'Brien. I don't know if that's going to help him or hurt him for the rest of the year, in all honesty. But coming into this year, he was a consensus top five quarterback. And he really has been around top 10-ish. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. He's going to right the ship. I think right now you could trade a QB two and an RB three and maybe get him right now. And he will be a QB one by the end of the year. Yeah. I I think, I think that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first one on my list is going to be DJ Moore. Uh, (laughs) DJ Moore is 12th in targets this season, right? He's just taken a little bit to build a rapport with Bridgewater, but I think he is one of the top five or six route runners in the NFL. He's been double teamed a lot, which is why we've seen Robbie Anderson get so much going on. But now that Robbie Anderson has proven himself to be a consistent threat, I think DJ Moore is going to break out the second half of the season. Well, Paul, I love that pick. In fact, that's why I kind of left was because he's also on my, <laughs> on my buy low list, and not just because he's on my team and underperforming. He's been, in my opinion, performing like a wide receiver two or a flex But let's face facts. He's the wide receiver one in Carolina. You mentioned all his targets. I believe he's a borderline wide receiver one. And right now, I think you could get him for a wide receiver three price. So definitely go out and try and get DJ Moore. Just real quick question. Who's somebody you think uh, you could trade for DJ Moore? I was thinking like a Devin Singletary. Do you think that gets a DJ Moore? Yeah, I think that could get the job done. I think that could get the job done. I think even a lesser running back, and to your point, maybe Noah Fant, if he's kind of hurting for a tight end and he's, he's, he's that desperate and doesn't want to go to the wire, you could do something along those lines. I love that. I think you win that trade 10 out of 10. Yeah, 100%. My yeah. second guy, and I will call him this year's Miles Sanders because I think this guy takes over the starting role late in the season and helps you – either catapult yourself into the playoffs or drives you all the way through the playoffs. And that's DeAndre Swift. Okay. I've gone on about it. I know Ant, for the last (laughs) few weeks about how ridiculous Matt Patricia is and how the Lions don't know how to handle their running backs and and how Adrian Peterson literally looks like he's going to fall over every time he makes a cut. But it's 2009, Paul. And the Eagles did the same thing last year with Jordan Howard and with Miles Sanders, where Jordan Howard, they were just plugging him, plugging him, plugging him, and eventually uh, Howard got hurt, Sanders got a chance, and Sanders ran with it. I think the same thing is going to happen here with DeAndre Swift, who they're doing the same thing, again, that the Eagles did, which is they have him in on some passing downs. He's got great hands. He's a dynamic runner. 
And when he's had the ball in his hands, he's averaged like six or seven yards a carry. So I think DeAndre Swift, you can get for almost nothing right now. You can get him for a wide receiver three, probably. That's a good enough point. Uh, again, once Matt Patricia realizes it's 2020 and not 2011, then Swift could take off. So let me, let me go into my last guy real quick. Um, you're going to disagree with me on this because you just did, but I like Kenyon Drake. He was my guy in the beginning of the season, and I know Air Raid, but I think eventually Kingsbury's going to figure it out. I mean, Frank Reich figured it out when you did your rant on him a few weeks ago. Mike Zimmer figured it out with Dalvin Cook. Maybe maybe Ken, Kenyon Drake, they, they kind of get that right if Kingsbury listens to our podcast this week. <laughs> the fact of the matter is he's been drafted in the 12th to 15th overall range overall. He hasn't cracked 10 points or more in a game yet, but that's going to change. And the most important point I'm going to make out of this whole thing, in fact, I could cut everything in editing to this very line and I would be 100% right. The ultimate medicine is coming, the New York Jets. <laughs> yep, the, the Jets, if you're playing the Jets or the Cowboys, D, that's, that's a great medicine, absolutely. Uh, look, I don't hate it, Ant. If, if your team is sitting – it's all situational. Trades are situational to me. If your team is sitting there at 3-1 and one, and you have the pieces to go get a Kenyon Drake, who at the end of last season showed us that he can be a fantasy monster, then go for it. I, I don't hate it at all. If you can get him for pennies on the dollar, I think it's a fair point, man. I do. All right, my last guy I never expected to put on this list, but it's Lamar Jackson. And I think he's at something like 18 points a game right now. But the sentiment feels like after the Chiefs game, everybody thought he was exposed. And his bounce-back game this week wasn't a monster. He had that one highlight reel run, but he only ran for 53 yards and a touchdown. We have not seen that massive Lamar Jackson game yet. And the last point I want to make about this is that the team that took Lamar Jackson in your league took him in the second or third round, which means in order to take him, they sacrificed taking an RB2 or a wide receiver one in order to get him. So they're probably thin at running back or receiver. And if you've got a couple good ones that you want to throw in as part of a package deal, if you have Lamar Jackson late in the season, he can not just help you make the playoffs, he can win you the playoffs. Paul, that is an absolutely stellar point. I think this past week was a gift from the fantasy football gods in that if you were to tell me that they came into the game with an ax to grind against Washington generics and, and, and Chase Young wasn't going to play, I would tell you Lamar was going to score like 45 points. He did not do that you're getting a one-week reprieve to bombard your Lamar Jackson owner with offers, and I highly recommend you do so. Uh, so last thing we want to say for the buy low section, notice we didn't put any of the injured players in here, but quick disclaimer, if you have the opportunity to get Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, McCaffrey, or Mostert in your league, and you're sitting at 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, please make them an offer. 
because likely they are in panic mode right now and they are worried about making the playoffs and you can get them on the cheap and have them for your playoff run. All right, Ant, let's go to our last section, which is our top five waiver wire ads of the week. Hit them with numbers five through two. Okay, five through two. At number five, I have Chase Edmonds. Just in case Drake is hurt worse than we think. It doesn't seem that way, but I don't know. Worth a shot. Smart. Uh, number four, Dalton Schultz. Number three, Moali Cox. Number two, Scotty Stoltz. I mean, Scotty Miller. <laughs> I think he's going to have a bigger role. Godwin's been in and out of there. I think he's getting more chance to grow into the role. I think those are very respectable waiver wire ads. Again, guys, we're only picking players that are 50% owned or less in the leagues. My number five is Dearness Johnson. He got 13 carries after Chubb was out. So if you need a, a flex RB, you could do worse. Number four, Tim Patrick had a monster game for Denver. Number two, LaVisca Chenault, the, every, the everyman utility man for Jacksonville. Uh, and my number two is a 2A and 2B uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and Justin Herbert, who has shown us through several games that he is a big play threat with his arm. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Justin Herbert. He's really showing he belongs, and I don't know if, if Terod Taylor should get his job back when that, that time comes. Yeah, I don't think so either. Anthony Lynn seemed intent on it beforehand, but Herbert has just – hit. He has a cannon of an arm, and he goes through his progression right now like Josh Allen is in year three. Or it, it, it's, it's unbelievable the progress he's made just through three games. Yeah. Definitely. Who you got at number one? Okay, number one, I'm cheating a little bit. And, Paul, I'm sure, really, you're going to kind of take this one over from me, but it's what – ever running back replaces Eckler and gets the lion's share of the carries. You're going to have to look through practices and kind of figure that out, whether it's Josh Kelly or whether it's Justin Jackson. But, you know, Eckler could be out for a while, and one of those two guys are going to get that job and produce close to least RB2 numbers. Yeah. Uh, look, Josh Kelly's been not very good. Nine carries for seven yards in, in place of Eckler. And uh, Kelly is not exactly the fastest guy in space with the pass. So Justin Jackson, to me, fits that mold a little bit more. But we'll see if they work him in. My number one player of the week is kind of like a LaVisca Chenault for Jacksonville, only it's Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. I had him on my list last week. I try not to repeat, guys. But this is a guy who they are just going to continue to figure out how to get him the ball every which way over the next few weeks because he is an absolute baller. And when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, I think he's going to come into prominence. He's going to be a flex option for you every week moving forward. Do you think he's going to hurdle Ikea this week? <laughs> that was pretty unbelievable, huh? It was the greatest thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone, uh, this week for our uh, top five waiver wire ads. Uh, again, uh, 15 games in 15 minutes preview on Saturday. Anthony's going to be on Instagram Live at noon on Sunday. And every Tuesday, we release our waiver wire ad episode. As always, check out our Instagram and our Twitter accounts 
at FCK Podcast. Go to our website, www.fckpodcast.com. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.